The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. And football is in the air officially. I'm telling you, Friday's game, Cowboys at the Coliseum. We're hitting on that and more here on show 379. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have Oakland Raiders training camp 13 rollout. That's right, we're rolling them out. Things are changing, and we're going to hit on it. You can see the cream is rising to the top. We got players starting to shine. Let's just take a look at them. We got a preseason opener coming up on Friday, folks. Yes, our first preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys. Contest we have almost every season, it seems. Well, they've already played a game. I'm going to talk about what we can expect to see from us and from them. We're going to hit on some interviews we did at training camp and some 95.7 The Game interviews. Uh, on the Raiders, of course, and then the bone light should wrap this show up. Let's get to it. Raiders training camp 2013. Roll out. a camp there's going to be some big changes you know people are going to rise people are going to fall now, i know it's just training camp but i know that doesn't mean a whole lot when it goes to the field because we've seen it happen before however all i can say is what i see and what i see looks pretty good in some places and not so good in others let's find out what is up and where'd you get that platinum chain with them diamonds in it Where'd you get that matching beans with them windows? Well, all right, on everyone's lips, actually, from the very first part of this last training camp we went to on Sunday, was the fact that Terrell Pryor looks like he's a solid number two. Well, for me, and what I saw, and what I witnessed with my own eyes, I don't think so. I think he's probably going to be struggling to unseed uh, Tyler Wilson at number two, but. You know, this is what the pontificators are saying. I'm just telling you what I see. Flynn is uh, for sure first. They're giving him all the reps. Uh, they're giving Pryor more reps than they are Tyler Wilson. They're actually giving the last guy, Matt McGlone, out of Penn State, more reps than uh, Tyler Wilson, too. So that's kind of interesting to see. Maybe it's a, a, a motivation thing. I don't know. But that's what's happening, and that's what I'm seeing but I'm hearing that Pryor's a solid number two. You know, I honestly think that we're going to find out who these guys are going to be after this first game. That's going to really set them up for where they're going to be. 
We'll see it. Uh, they'll know it. And so will we. We'll certainly have a clear horse in front by the end of the second preseason game. That is faux show. Another player that's starting to separate himself from the pack is David Oshbury. His increase of 16 pounds this offseason and his aggressive play in this camp, like I said before, is making them come out as a strong number one at the tight end position. Now, I expect a lot of double tight ends and possibly even triple tight ends with this offense. So, not to say that he's going to be all that, but he looks to be taking the job at the tight end position, number one slot. So, that's something to see. Watch out for him this Friday. Now, we added offensive lineman Alex Barron from the Rams. He's ended up to be actually a pretty good pickup, and they've moved Khalif Barnes closer to the middle, which is pretty good, and he likes it because Khalif Barnes feels stronger in the power running game. And Alex Barron's been doing a pretty damn good job. Now, our offensive line has been questionable, of course. We're going to need those horses in front to keep our quarterback safe, unlike last season. And hopefully moving inside will give him an opportunity not to false start every doggone play. And you know what I mean by that. <laughs> I know you feel me. <laughs> I know you do. Now our defensive line does not look near as stout as it did with that lazy <laughs> Kelly and injured Seymour. I know it's hard to believe, but we've had some trouble on defensive line, even though we've made additions of Pat Sims and Vance Walker. Both have been injured, and the defensive line's really had some uh, lackluster workouts because of all the injuries. So uh, the coach is kind of concerned with that. However, the defensive backs have been solidified. Chimdi Chekwa. Chimdi Chekwa. Is rising to the top. He's really doing a great job. Taiwan Jones, no joke. I think our secondary is going to be really strong and something we've been missing for quite some time. Thank you, Huffless Daddy. I had the great honor and great opportunity to interview Tyler Wilson, a quarterback from Arkansas. And check it out, man. The young man uh, really had a hard time by Gruden. Here, you can listen to Gruden first on quarterback camp just before the draft, just before the Raiders drafted him. It's kind of funny. The ostrich. <laughs> Check it out. I want to spend some time with you talking about the shotgun today, but you're you're what I call the ostrich. See that big step? Yeah, I don't like that either. We got you got you got the funkiest footwork in shotgun history, man. You're like the Arkansas ostrich, man. You you get that left foot. I mean, you you look like Nadia Comaneci there. You look like one of those Stretch yeah. Armstrong guys. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not good. Stretch, release, ball. Look at this kid, this Tyler Wilson. You're sitting here in this room. Yeah. Look at that reach step. So you're trying to get separation from the line of scrimmage, right? right. And there's your left, right, left, right ball. But you got more and more exaggerated with yeah. that left foot this year than you ever did. Ever. What if it's a low snap? Yeah, you're not in a great position to make a tough catch if it's a bad snap. So. That's something I want you to look at because I cut yeah. out about 50 of these from different angles. I like watching. I call you Stretch Armstrong, the ostrich. Yeah, we got to fix that. And QB camp from Gruden, he called you the ostrich. Now, the Raiders have never drafted an ostrich before. 
before. Uh, tell me about your improvement and your mechanics. We can see that on the snap, and, and, and tell us about your, your change from then. Well, I think that was a shotgun deal. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to sell. You know, that's somewhat of what we were taught at Arkansas. So, um, you know, mechanically, I felt, you know, a lot of times throwing the ball, it's, been, it's a natural movement for me. I've always thrown it pretty naturally. Um, you know, obviously there's always little things you can improve on. And, and I think um, getting adjusted to this offense, there's footwork things in the gun that are different than, than what I've done previously and, and I'm excited about. Um, as well as understanding, you know, so, some routes have a, have a you know five-step drop mechanic on one side and a three-step on the other, or vice versa. So, um, you know, it's it's able to, to to you know move through that stuff quickly and and adjust. And and I think I'm getting better at it. Very nice young man, smart guy. I like him. I like his attitude. I think he's going to be able to do this job. So let's give him an opportunity. We'll see. We'll see what happens during these games, man. He's either going to fly or he's going to flop. And I'll tell you right now, I think he's going to fly pretty good, but we shall see. Thanks, Tyler Wilson, for the interview, brother. I also had a great opportunity to meet a fantastic young man. This guy is on fire. I like his passion, and I love the leg he puts on that ball, man. He can boot that sucker 85 yards one time. I'm telling you, Marquette King great guy check this interview out raider nation podcast here with marquette king this is the man this is the horse i have in the race myself honestly i like your style man i love your leg you got a great leg so tell me about camp you're talking a little bit about your progress you've hit a couple bumps tell me what's happening yeah uh, just taking it easy and uh staying focused on being consistent hitting uh balls over at least four or five and at least 40 yards trying to get what the coach wants. But uh, yeah, you do have days where you, your body's just fatigued and you got to get in the ice and just make sure your legs are under you so you can hit consistent punts and try to try to stay as consistent as possible throughout this whole camp because it gets tough. It gets tough. Now, game time is a different time. We all know that because camp is different than game time. We see people rise and fall in camp, and then as soon as the game time happens, they come alive. Uh, you're going to be playing this week for sure, yeah? Yes, sir. That's the plan. Uh, uh, hopefully, well, me and Chloe switching out. Uh, I don't really know how they're doing it this time, but I think uh, he's going first half, I'm going second half. So what would you say the style difference as far as uh, kicking goes between you and, and Chloe, if, if you could? I know it's tough to talk about teammate, but give me your best shot. Um, I would say Chloe gets the ball off a lot faster. Uh, get-off time's real. I think it's one of the quickest get-offs in the NFL. And uh, I'll say... I'll try to compare myself to maybe Mike Cyphers, the way he takes his steps, and uh, just try to get it out of there. So it's a quickness issue, really, kind of the thing. Uh, distance, I know you've got it on him. I mean, we all do. Everybody does. We've seen it. So um, how are you thinking about changing that? What's your, what's your plan? Just working hard? Yes, sir. Just, uh, just staying focused, working hard, trying to give the coach what he wants. Uh, if he wants it long, I hit it long and high. If he wants it short and high, I hit it short and high. And that's what it is. It's primarily what the coach wants for that particular play, right? Yes, sir. Okay, well, see, a lot of people don't understand special teams. It's very special. And Marquette King is a very special athlete. I want to thank you for being a Raider, my man. Yes, uh, we're going to be looking for you out there on the field. I am, Like I said, you're my horse in the race, and I ain't jacking around. You guys know that. Mm -hmm.
Thank you, man. And good luck to you, man. And 95.7 The Game is at camp all week, so they got some great interviews. Uh, we got to pick them up, and so let's share some of this with you guys because it's some good knowledge, man. You got to have it. Defensive coordinator Jason Tarver joins us here, Buker and Townie, 95.7 The Game, live from Raiders training camp. Hey, we're excited about this group now. These guys have been flying around all camp, taking, taking advantage of the opportunities and really learning how to work together. When you have a young athletic group like this, how does it change what you're able to do strategically compared to, say, the group that you were working with last year? Well, the, the good part about this group is there's a lot of DBs and linebackers that have different skills. They can rush, they can drop, they can go into coverage, they can play man coverage. So it allows us to be multiple, but still keep it simple. So one of our sayings that we use is multiplicity through simplicity. Myself, Jim Tom Sula, the Niners, one of our favorite sayings. So we can look like we're doing a lot, but really it's the same to us. Looks different for the offense. We can get into that sooner. We got to that towards the end of the year last year in the last four games where we started to play pretty good defense. So this year, with these guys, we're pushing them to get to that sooner because now it allows us to move around more and make more plays. Yeah, we talked to Bill Romanowski yesterday, you know, four-time Super Bowl champion, knows a little bit about defense, and I asked him the question, you got nine, probably nine new starters. How do you get nine, these 11 guys with nine new guys all on the same page for week one Indianapolis? And he said, make it simple for these guys. Are you, talk, talk about how you're trying to gel so many new guys to have them ready in a very quick time. Well, we teach in categories. And that would mean any defense, once it's in, we can do it with a slightly different look. But hey, guys, you nine guys are going to do exactly the same thing, but you two are going to switch. So to us, it's the same. Two guys switch to an offense, totally different call. So as long as we're, when we're teaching, we put it in categories, we come on the field, we communicate, then it's simple, but we can still be multiple. We can still have different looks, look like three down, look like four down. We do some of both. So that's how we can do it. And what we're doing as a group, the, the guys have done a great job of this. They're being very mentally tough right now. They were pretty good, pretty darn good today in practice, working with each other. They're learning how to work together, flying around, getting the ball. And then we're just giving them the little tips. Hey, make sure you tell him this, because that's how you get them on the same page as fast as you can. From the outside, it looked like last year you were searching for leadership on the field. What are you finding in that department with this group? Well, a lot of times, leadership just comes from certain players. Woodson's a great example. If he gets frustrated about stuff that's going on, if he says three words, they'll do it. You know, and we have some guys, we like their mentality. As Coach Allen said, we like this team because they don't want to lose. And so that's where they'll start to figure out each other in the huddle. One time it's one guy, one time it's the next guy. So we're, having, we're seeing some of that at all three positions. I'll, I'll give you a second part to that. Our rooms this year, meaning this, our position group rooms are built to where we got older, okay, I don't want to say older, veteran, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. because Charles hears that. He's, yeah, where's Charles? Yeah, Charles yeah, already He's coming spoke, up behind right? you, right? Okay, where's Andre? Okay, no, veteran leadership in all the rooms. So I'll give you an example. I'll use the D-line room, Andre Carter. Okay, 78 career sacks. I keep telling him, we got to get you to 100, right? We got to get you to 100. But Andre Carter, it means a lot. Then you got the mid level pro, Lamar Houston, and those guys that are really coming. And then you got some first and second year guys that can see what those guys do and they do it right. 
and they, we need them to raise their level of play. Jack Crawford, Christo, et cetera. Those are examples. We have that in all three defensive groups, and that's where that needs to gel quicker. And we're, as coaches, we're trying to allow that to happen and help that to happen as fast as possible. Yeah, Charles Woodson, 36 years old, Super Bowl champion, I believe eight-time Pro Bowler. The guy's done – Heisman Trophy winner. The guy's done everything in his career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. How can you utilize him, you personally, your relationship with him to help your defense? One of the great things about Charles is his position flexibility. He's played at that high level at corner, at nickelback, or the corner who's in the slot, and at safety throughout his career. So in our scheme, he gets to do all of those things. Today was a good example. He was used in all of those positions, came up with an interception, a sack, a whole bunch of things throughout practice. And he's so intelligent that he can learn how to do it with minimal reps. So now we can, again, do the same thing. We can look like we're doing more than we are. Charles can do all of that. And then, of course, those few words that he says, hey, guys, this is how I do it. Oh, there we go. We, can, we know how to do it now. The three units that you that you have, which is the one that you feel the best about, and which is the one that is needs the most work? Well, we like our defensive backs group because we have more guys, like I said, with position flexibility. We have more guys that can cover. We have more guys that want to cover. We have more guys that challenge every down, and that's exciting because mm-hmm. you've got to challenge every down. You got to be mentally tough. If somebody catches a ball, so what? Tackle them, get the ball out, go to the next play, prevent the big play. Stop the run, you, you got a chance. We did that better at the end of the year, and these guys could see that and learn it from the film. So defensive backs, we have that group. Now we got to keep learning how to work together. The D-line and the linebackers have some good pros that are learning how to work together, but have some young guys in both groups that need to step up. Our first and second year pros, we need some depth and some contributions from them. A few of them started to do it last year. Chris Dobilakiti, Jack Crawford in the D-line, we need to see some things. You know, we brought back Omar Gaither. That's a great one because he played well for us at the end of the year running the show. So our D-line and our linebacker group, the younger guys in those rooms, this is great for them because they're learning and it's hard on them in camp and we just keep throwing them back in and let's see what we get. That's where we need the help. You know, last year we had Coach Allen on every single week. We're going to do that again this year. And we talked to him yesterday. He just seems more comfortable in his own skin. What have you seen from Coach Allen year one to where he is today? Well, Coach Allen and I only knew each other as, hey, how's it going, which is number one rare in this business. But we got along right from right away because of, even though different backgrounds of schemes, and then we sat in a room and picked the best one for the Raiders. But how he sees football and how good of a coach he is He's good at the whole thing, the organization through the whole thing. As a first-year head coach, you don't know what the heck's going to happen to you. We had some things off the field that were just mind-blowing what went on last year. And you just learn. He takes in any information. He's, he's so good at if anything happens, the guy will not let the same thing happen twice. He learns instantly, and he is a great game manager. So for a guy that everybody may perceive as not being in a head coach. This guy manages a game like he's been doing it for 15 years. He has excellent game management and making adjustments throughout the process of both off the season and then on the field during the game. So I kind of see him just growing and getting better, just like the rest of us. Well, you know, I remember last year, the first camp, uh, I can't remember which day it was, but the first time I was up here last year, I was watching you. 
you're flying around yelling at guys are very positive. I love your coaching style. What is it about your coaching style that you love? It's the, it, it seems like the teaching aspect. You love teaching. Yeah, I like when you're on the field, you don't want to miss the opportunity to help somebody get better. We can fix the scheme in the meeting room, but that one little bit, kind of like you were talking about the guys gelling, if I see them, hey, what did you two talk about? All right, hey, let's hit. remember, this is it. Oh, yeah, we'll say it a little quicker. That little bit is how you get them to gel, and that's the part I don't want to miss. And what's great about this sport is how complex it is, how fast it is, 22 moving pieces at the same time. It's teaching with adrenaline. And so, in other words, you can't give a dissertation when you walk out on the field. They can't handle four sentences. They can handle quick, direct correction. Hmm. And you can't miss that opportunity when you're on the field. Some great coaches, Willie Shaw, David Shaw, helped me with that in my time at Stanford. Uh, Bill Walsh, Jim Tom Sula over at the Niners. The quick, direct correction instantly helps the player get better the fastest. Well, I don't know if it can come over the radio, but just sitting here with I'm Coach. I'm fired up. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he's leaning over the table. You got me charged up. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready, Coach. Well, where's, my, where's my playbook? I got my scratchy voice right now, so I can't quite do it. Oh, exactly there's more, right? Like we're, we're, radio, we're only. Right? But, <laughs> I but, know you got to go. You got meetings, but we got to have you on throughout the season. Okay, whatever, whatever you guys need, man. We appreciate it. And to the nation, we're so excited for you to watch us, man. Put the product in front of you. I grew up sitting in the in the black hole, and we're just excited to see you out there. Right Coach, on. thanks so much for stopping by, and good luck to you, and we'll talk to you throughout the year. All right, thanks, guys. You know, I thought I'd fly into Oakland on my way up to Napa, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I never in a million years thought I'd be putting a silver and black back on. Just but, ne- never crossed my mind. This is a fantastic dovetail for you to be back here, to be in Napa, yeah. and to have the whole winemaking thing yeah going for you what, what does it feel like to be at this point in your career to have these multiple things happening for you I, I, you know really it's almost like icing on the cake you know I, I was able to play here um I had some some good years here you know uh, the first time around you know go on a, a long trip to the midwest and play for green bay for a while and now i'm back here and like you said being in napa valley and having some interest here you know with with the wine i was up walking the vineyard just the other day so <laughs> And that was great. But being here, I mean, this weather is... Walk is, in the vineyard. Walk in the vineyard. Charles you know. Woodson. Are yeah, you kidding you know, me? You know, tasting on the Sauvignon Blanc grapes <laughs> and the Cabernet Sauvignon. And just a beautiful time, yeah. you know, in my career, in my life, you know, to be back out here with the Oakland Raiders. You know, when I think about Heisman Trophy winner coming out of Michigan, a kid with all the talent in the world... And the way you prepared and played then versus where you are now, husband, father, winemaker, Super Bowl champion. Talk about the difference between Charles Woodson, the kid coming out of Michigan, and Charles Woodson, the mature man now. It's all about experience. You know, uh, a young man coming out, you know, I'm, I'm just like any other player. You come out, you're young. In my case, I was a high draft pick, um, had all the accolades coming in. You know, you sign for all the money, you know, more money than, you, than you've ever seen in your life. And uh, you hit you hit the ground running fast on and off the field. And uh, as time goes on, you know, you gain a little bit more knowledge about the game, about life. And you just slow down. You know, I've just slowed down a great deal, you know, as far as uh, the off the field, you know, is concerned. On the field, still playing fast, you know, still loving the game. And... Uh, I, I, I have a great deal of experience in the game, which makes me a better player. 
Not very high expectations for the Raiders from the outside. None. No expectation. What, from what you've seen so far, what are yours? You know what, uh, you know, just speaking, you know, from the defensive side of the ball, the, the way we practice today, we're, we're, we're going to be in a lot of ball games. And uh, I, I really feel like we can win a lot of ball games. If we come out every day, every game, and, and put forth the effort like we did out there today in practice, we're going to be damn good. And I think we'll turn some heads and, and uh, you know, we'll catch the eye of a lot of people because we're going to play fast. And, uh, you know, I know the offense, they'll, they'll do their thing. You know, we have, you know, one of the best running backs in the game. You know, we have this guy around all season and uh, having Rashad Jennings backing him up, another guy that can carry the load. Um, Marcel Reese, you know, is a heck of a player. You can get mismatches with him all day. And, uh, you know, our quarterback position, I think Flynn, I think he's starting to gain control uh, over what he's doing. And uh, if we can put it together, man. It's, it'll tell you what, it'll be fun to watch. Hmm. Charles Woodson that. joins us here at Buchanan County, 95.7. The game, we're here at Raiders training camp in Napa. You're probably, and we've been waiting to have you on, you're probably the best guy to ask about Matt Flynn. Because everybody around here, you really don't know him. They just had, you know, you have OTAs and you've had practices. But you actually played with him. You saw him in games. You know, two starts, he's 2-0. and You practiced against him for years in Green Bay. Tell us about Matt Flynn and tell us how good he can be. Well, yeah, I've seen him, uh, you know, for a long time. And, you know, you mentioned those two games. You know, those were games when he got in and, and he lit it up. But, you know, you, can you count those? I'm not sure because that's coming in as the backup. And you can really do no wrong as the yeah. backup. Uh, everybody loves the backup. Everybody loves the backup. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is going to be a different type of pressure, you know, on, on, on Matt Flynn. But uh, the thing I like about him, uh, what I've seen over the years, is that you don't, you don't ever see him rattle. You know what I mean? So he seems to be poised, you know, no matter what's going on. And so uh, this season, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll take some bumps and bruises along the way. But I think we have a guy, if he is the guy, you know, going into the season, I think he's the guy that's going to be able to handle it. We got a big battle brewing at the, the wide receiver position, what the pecking order is going to be. You have a unique view of it. What, what have you seen so far? Well, I've seen, uh, I think it kind of goes hand in hand, you know, with, with Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn, they're, they're trying to, you know, gain that chemistry that, you know, the great combinations have. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a process, you know, throughout the, the rest of camp and then also going into the season. But they got some young guys, some young athletic guys, you know, uh, Denarius Moore, you got Streeter. Um, so you have some players, but it's all going to be, a, you know, it's about the confidence that the quarterback's going to have in the receivers. Hmm. And those things are going to come in the games. You know, practice is one thing, and, you know, you might look great in, in practice, but when the lights come on, you know, you find out, you know, who's prepared to go into battle with you each and every week. When you were a young guy, you had players help you out here when you came to training camp. Now where you are, 36 years old, and all the experience you have, we talked to guy, you know, we talked to like DJ Hayden earlier this week. What does it mean to you to be a mentor and to help these young guys and to help them get better to help you win this year? Well, right now, I mean, they just all call me old, so I don't know how much help that's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much help that's giving them. Uh, Walking the but, vineyard's probably not going to help you. Yeah, that don't help me at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know those guys. Uh, you know the one thing I know is that that I know they watch me. You know, what I mean that they they watch me. You know, uh, of course when they were much younger, uh, but now they're on the same the same team with me, and they they want to they want to see how I work. You know, and what I'm doing out there on the field, and so 
you know, each and every day I try to come out there and uh, and work hard, just give it all I have, and I know they see that. But, you know, a guy like DJ, you know, uh, the way you help those guys is you watch them throughout the course of practice, and if you see something, you know, in their game that you can pull them to the side and say, hey, you know, if you do this this way, you know, it, it'll, it'll save you out there in the field. So I'm able to do that, you know, throughout the course of uh, camp, and uh, that's always fun because I know they, they look for that. Uh, Tracy Porter apparently expects to be walking the vineyard with you. He, he uh, as a result of giving up the number, is yeah. saying that he's going to get a half a percent in the wine in the wine business. H- how uh, how do you resolve that, or has it been resolved? I, I, how do you feel about that whole that whole situation? You know, it's uh, you know the, the way it happened. I, it kind of snuck up on all of us because uh, I think we both came into camp, and, and my feeling was I was just going to wear two throughout camp until the situation worked itself out you know that's and that's whether me and him would have worked it worked it out or if he would have found another number to get and that worked itself out um but the way it happened um we both had to deal with it Mm -hmm. and i know it's you know it's hard on a player especially uh on tracy to have to you know come in and all of a sudden they say hey we're taking your number and, and we're giving it to this guy yeah and uh I understand he's frustrated about that. And uh, we, we really haven't talked about it. We just kind of, you know, let it, uh, you know, take its course. And, um, you know, down the road, we'll, we'll see. But a half of a center to one. <laughs> <laughs> he's asking a lot, right? Hey, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I tell you what, he can have it now because the wine ain't making no money right now. <laughs> there <laughs> he can, go. He can and get with a half. half percent. You got to write me a check. <laughs> right. He he also mentioned watching you and looking at your instincts and how you know he can just tell you've been in the league a long, long time. Talk to us how maybe you may not have the the physical gifts that you had when you were first in the league or when you were in your prime, but. Can you make up for that with what you've learned and make up with that minute with your mental play? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's, uh, uh, as I said earlier, it's all about experience. And, uh, you know, being in the, in the league, you know, 15 years, I mean, you can't help but have, you know, a better knowledge of the game. Otherwise, you don't stick around this long. So, uh, yeah, it helps me out. Now, um, as far as me not having the physical, all you, of that stuff you that you just said. Hey, hey, you still got the speed? You still got the speed? Wait a minute now. Let's, let's, I'm still in there. I'm still in there with the best of them. I, I understand what people say about me not being able to do this and that, but I can still pick them up, put them down. Love it. Absolutely love it. And you know what? Raider Nation, I don't know if you knew how much they loved you. I, you know, I, do you know now? I, I tell you, man, it was, uh, it was, it was special because, uh, you know, they, they made me feel like I had never left here, you know, for one second when there was even the chatter about me coming to visit before I had even signed. How about all those fans when you showed up in Alameda? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, I, I like I said, I heard the chatter about it and didn't, didn't really know if it was going to happen that way, you know, but uh, I had a, a friend of mine who, who uh, went up there to the facilities and, and when I got off the plane, he was like, hey, man, there's a bunch of people here that have been here since like 8 or 9 o'clock and uh, they want to see you. And uh, when I pulled up, it was it was just crazy, man. It was crazy. Well, congratulations. Welcome home. And we're all looking forward to watching you play week one in Indianapolis. We're going to have some fun. Thank you.
Well, we got a real treat for you, Raider fans, here at Raider Camp in Napa. The matchup nightmare. Marcel Reese joins us as uh, we're doing our training camp tour. Last time we saw you was Lucky Break. We knew you were fired up then about this upcoming season. How you feeling now? <laughs> I'm even more fired up right now. You know, once you get all the guys here and you see, you know, who's going to be on this team this year and, and you meet all the new guys, you get acquainted, everybody's getting um, acclimated to, to, the, to the system. You know, you just start having more fun playing football. Hey, let's reset that because I remember you at Lucky Break, and that was right about the time that the Carson Palmer stuff was going down, and you're looking around going, wait a minute, who who am I going to be playing with? And you were playing the diplomatic card. But I have to think that with all that has transpired since then, your feelings and your excitement about this team has to be genuine at this point. Absolutely. I mean, I always feel excited about our team, and everybody knows that. Um, you know, you lose some great players, you lose some great friends. You know, Carson and I are still close, but it's part of the business. And now, you know, we come in, we replace them with a, with a, with another good quarterback on the verge of being a great quarterback in Matt Flynn, and uh, just looking forward to, to him showing everybody what he can do. You know, we saw you yesterday. It was the day off. First off, how is the day off compared <laughs> to when you first came in the league? It was two days, and they grinded the hell out of you. Oh, yeah, it was rough at first. But, uh, you know, now most of these rookies don't really understand what it's, what it's really like to, to be in an NFL training camp. You know, when I came in in 2008, it was, it was much rougher than this. So um, I know all the other guys look at me and say, we have the cakewalk. But, uh, you know, the day off actually timed out really well for us. Uh, we, we, we grinded out on each other for uh, three, three tough days with pads on. And, uh, you know, we had a good day off, and now we get to go back at it again. And I got to see you. Rick and I were sitting here doing the show, and we got to see you with Coach Allen sitting there on the day off. Coach Allen and some kids were playing football, and you rapped with them for like 45 minutes to an <laughs> hour. That's something you normally don't see. What is Coach Allen like in his second year, and what's your relationship with him now? You know what? Uh, I think the first year was really, you know, an unexpected filling out year for us. And, uh, you know, after going through that year, and, uh, you know, myself, Darren, Tyvon, are now, we look at it, we're the longest tenure guys in, in the silver and black besides Sebastian Janikowski, but he's going to play forever. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> He'll last all of you guys. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, being, being, being that situation, we have to step up as leaders and, uh, you know, bring on the leadership responsibility for us. And that's something that you would have never seen me do a couple years back. And now, you know, I'm just trying to embrace the leadership role and, and speak with D, you know, DA about everything. You know, uh, you know what what he needs to see more from me as an individual. What he needs to see as a group of offense, as a team, and uh, just trying to do everything possible to help this team win a championship. We've heard a lot about there's a different mindset, there's a different approach here. Can you can you sort of illustrate the difference between training camp a year ago and this one? You know, training camp a year ago. Uh, you know, I don't speak too much about the past. It was just different. You know, we we still felt like we were a great team, but we were more so just we we're more so great individuals. We are great as individuals, great athletes and great football players. But we never necessarily came together as a great team, you know, when it comes to being as players and coaches. Hmm. And uh, I think this year that's changed because we started off in the spring with really just just gelling together as as a as a team. And uh, we have our nucleus. We know what our nucleus is, and we all are, are taking on those responsibilities. What happened in the spring that, that, that brought you together? 
I think it was just coming together and realizing that this team was going to change. You know, whether we liked it or not, this team was going to change. We had no control over it. So whoever was going to be here, let's stick together. Let's stay close. Let's try and outlast this business. Marcel Reese joins us here, Buker and Townie, ninety-five point seven. The game live from Raiders training camp. And you know, when I think about you coming out of Washington, and I think about your skill set and the nickname, the matchup nightmare. I, I believe there is a lot of people that think you've been underutilized. Has there ever been a time where you've been able to, whether it's going to be Greg Olson or Hugh Jackson or? Why do you think he spent forty-five minutes over there yesterday? <laughs> Have you ever been able to say, "Hey, I think you should be using me a different way. Give me the ball more," because you are a night, uh, you're, you're a matchup nightmare. You know, I never, I've never looked at it like use me differently. You know, I, I never thought anyone was using me in the wrong way. Um, I like to be used in every way possible, so I don't necessarily think there's a wrong or a right way. I just want to. I just want to stay on the field. I never want to come off the field. I hate coming off the field, and uh, you know, I'm always ready for whenever my number is called to go out there and do whatever is asked of me. Whether it's running the ball, whether it's catching the ball, whether it's protecting the quarterback, whether it's blocking for DMac, you know, whatever the case may be, I just want to be there to be able to make a play. What, what is going back to a power blocking scheme going to do for you guys? It's going to make us more comfortable. It's going to make us more downhill. It's going to make us more explosive at the same time because our run game is going to be a threat this year, and it's going to open up a lot for our young receivers to be able to run, run cleaner routes, get freer releases, and, and do everything. And, you know, Mac, you know, he's a dog. And when, when, when he put him in that down, downhill running scheme, he's going to be a dog. Hmm. When you look at a new quarterback who's only had two career starts, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Matt Flynn, but only two career starts. You've seen a lot of QBs, guys you've played with, guys you've played against. How good do you think Matt Flynn can be? I think Matt Flynn could be great. And uh, I, I don't think anyone, no one, you know, it's a fact, no one's really seen him play um, at this level. And I think Matt's going to be great. He, he really surprised me coming in. You know, he threw great balls. Everything's catchable. He can make every throw on the field. And um, he's a smart guy. He knows everything. He, he, he knows what he's supposed to be doing. He, he, see, he can see the blitzes. He sees rotation with safeties. And he knows where the ball's supposed to go. I think, it, I think a big part of it is going to fall on us as playmakers, as receivers and, um, and running backs to be able to make the hard plays for him, you know, to help him out, to help him be more comfortable in what we're doing. Who's the pressure going to be on the defensive side with nine new starters to meet what you guys really have? I mean, we talked about the other day in the backfield is probably the most established part of this team. And with Matt coming in new with you and and Darren, is it going to be the defense trying to keep up with you guys? Or are you guys looking over there and seeing all that new talent and and trying to match what they're doing? I think it's going to fall on the offense. You know, I like really? to, I like to uh, really? I like to think it's going to fall on the offense. I like to I, we love the pressure. We want the pressure because it makes us it makes us uh, perform at a higher level, and we like the pressure of this team to be on our backs because as as backs when we speak in our room, we feel this team goes as we go, and we of course want every other position to feel the same way, but we pride ourselves on that. And um, I feel that with us being here and us being established and us being the veteran team, the veteran group, and the, uh, the nucleus of this team, we have to hold everybody accountable. And if we're holding everyone accountable, we have to, we have to produce. We have to be very productive. We have to be the most productive position on this team and the most productive group. So we want the pressure. This is an if, a big if, because Darren McFadden hasn't been able to play an entire season. But if he's healthy... 
for, let's say, 15, possibly 16 games. What could this season be like for the Raiders? I'm going to put the pressure on myself to make sure I keep Darren healthy throughout the entire year this year. And he will be top two, top three back in this league wow. in the end of the year because I feel that he is that when he is on the field. And uh, we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. We heard from, I'm trying to think who the rookie was that we had here, was saying that, oh, it was Tyler Wilson. Really said not a whole lot of hazing going on. Not a whole lot of, and I'm thinking, this is the Raiders. <laughs> this is the NFL. What? what? You know, we, we've talked, and, and, and we, have, we have some things for the rookies, and they will definitely pay their dues and earn their stripes. <laughs> okay. Is that, early? That goes for sure. But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, to have different results, we have to do different things. And right now, we want all of our rookies to focus on football. We huh. don't want them looking behind their backs and worried about what, what these guys are going to do to us here or how they're going to cut our Uh-oh, heads. Oh, that guy's or, got some tape. Or, yeah, <laughs> some tape or some water or some shaving cream or any of that stuff. Right. We, we, we have all those tricks we can do. But right now, we want these guys to focus on football and, and the speed of this game because, you know, we're going to need them. Okay, would you, could you do us a favor? Could you play uh, several more years at the very least before you go into broadcasting and take one of the one of the jobs uh, in the Bay Area? Because obviously you're you're tremendously well spoken. I've seen you over at CSN, but I'd rather watch you. I'd rather watch you play football for a while. Can you do this for do that for us? I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this to the wheels full off. Sounds good. That. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know we love having you on this station. Now we have the new partnership with the Raiders as their flagship station. You're gonna be a big part of that. Stay healthy. Good luck to you the rest of training camp, and we'll see you in Oakland. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Marcel. Thank you. Chris Cluey is going to join us, Raiders punter, at Chris Warcraft. You can uh, follow him on Twitter. He is a great follow. He's got a new book out as well. We might even talk a little bit of football. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for uh, making the time for us. You've been on the tour. I saw you on Conan. You were all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Book tours are, are amazingly complex things. It was, you know, out to New York, back to L.A., out to Minnesota, back to L.A., up to San Francisco, back to L.A. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was pretty fun, though. Yeah. To be clear, the, the, the book is not about football. No, not at all about football. There's, there's like two chapters in there about football, but the rest of it is is assorted meanderings from my mind. The, so, the title of the book came from where? Uh, the title of the book came from someplace within my mind, not really <laughs> sure where, um, but it was... Beautifully unique sparkle ponies. Yes, it was a replacement for uh, some swear words that you probably can't say on the radio. Well, so- sometimes we do. <laughs> Let's test it. <laughs> I like my swear words, yeah. though. I'm not, I'm not going to drop a sparkle pony in anybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a lustful sea monster, I believe. Oh, there you go. Yeah, now which, I got you. Uh, yeah. Have uh, any of your teammates read the book? I don't think so. It's, uh... <laughs> Do you, would you like your teammates to not read the book? Or? No, I, I'd, I'd have no problem with them reading the book. I think uh, I think so they'd, they'd find it probably pretty funny. There's, uh, you know, I, I try to keep it very entertaining while at the same time addressing some important issues that, yeah. that I think we should look at. So give us the give us the gist of it. Is it can you do it in a short yeah. period of time? Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of a wide ranging look at things I think about on a daily basis, but a lot of them have to deal with the idea of rational empathy, the idea that societies that don't practice empathy inevitably collapse. Because if you look at the historical record, civilization has a 100% failure rate. There's never been a civilization that has withstood the test of time. So until we figure out how to change that, until we figure out how to treat each other with equality, then we're going to keep ending up in the same place. So it's, you know, pretty simple. That's very well said. (laughs) Yeah. 
I, I agree with you. Everything you're saying. Uh, g- going from where you lived in the middle of the country, you were. You know, I mean, obviously you're from Southern California, right? And you kicked at UCLA for years, but you were a Viking for a long time. Did you immediately notice that the way we live here in Northern California is different than? Where you played the last eight years? Yeah, yeah, it's different, you know, because the uh, the middle of the country is, you know, it's kind of flyover territory. A lot of lot of farms, a lot of agrarian communities, and uh, Minneapolis is actually surprisingly urban. It was it was nice to see that there, but you know, you you get into the the rural outskirts, and and yeah, you're in middle America. You know, it's just kind of a, a different type of lifestyle and. Being out on the coast, there's a whole lot more influences. There's there's different types of people. There's different cultures. There's different foods, and you don't really see a lot of that in in the Midwest nearly as much as you see on on either the West or East Coast. Uh, Chris Clue is good enough to join us. Raiders punter. We're live from Raiders camp here on uh, 95.7 The Game. John Lund, Greg Papa. What about the camp atmosphere from going Mankato right yeah. to to Napa? That's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit different. It's. Uh, I, I was telling you guys earlier. This is the first training camp that my wife actually wants to come to. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, it's a, a little bit nicer in Napa. There's there's a little more things to do than uh, than being stuck in Mankato. Yeah. Uh, what's the plan for for Friday as far as how many punts you're going to have? I mean, you've been around this league a long time. How, how you guys talk at all with Bobby April, your new team's coach, and how you get a divvy up punch this Friday against the Cowboys with uh, Marquette? Uh, I, we haven't talked about it yet. I would I would assume you know based on years I've played before, it's it's generally one half. One guy gets one half, the other guy gets the second half. Um, I, I figured that would probably be the case, and then you know we'll find out more going forward. But hopefully it's zero punts because that means the offense is doing really well. That's <laughs> that's always the ideal goal. But yeah, when whenever they need me to go out there, you know, I'm go out and do the best of my ability. One of the cool things I thought you did, you did uh, a Google Glass, right? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. basically it's it's like a camera in your helmet, right? And yeah. you're you're basically showing people what camp is like from your viewpoint. Yeah, yeah, that that was something that I, I recorded some uh, some practice stuff off to the side, and it, it's it's a really cool view to have because up until this point we haven't been able to see what it's like to actually be on the field you know you can get close you've got sideline cameras you got yeah. that hovering camera behind but you don't have that first person perspective and i think going forward this is something we'll start to see a lot more because the camera technology is now there that you can put a camera inside a helmet and actually get it on the field so i, I it's going to be very exciting in the next couple of years johnny Otten, who runs the raiders video department was just downloading my uh, ipad with the uh, the latest technology where mm-hmm. you guys can get the practice coaches film immediately downloaded into your iPad. So mm-hmm. what happened when you guys checked in this year they gave everybody an iPad and you actually have your playbook mm-hmm. on the iPad and you can get video from the Cowboys playing last night in mm-hmm. Canton or your practice from earlier today. It's amazing. Right, right, exactly. And it really simplifies things because you don't you don't have to carry around a giant binder. It's it's all right there right in front of you and you don't have to try and seek out a special room to watch film. You can just watch it right in front of you. You can draw notes on it. You can have diagrams and uh, you know it, it's it's, it's it's a very useful technology to have just in terms of, of minimizing the amount of moving parts you have to deal with. What's your relationship like with uh, Seabass? Because he and mm-hmm. he and Shane were so close. What what's your relationship with him? Uh, it's it's him? it's good so far. It's uh you know we've 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 spent a lot of time together, obviously holding and, and kicking, and then um you know just trying to get to know the guys, get get to know uh, John Condo as well, and uh, it's really just being part of that specialist fraternity that you you're one of the few people who actually knows how to do what it is that you do. Yeah. <laughs> so you know as, as long as you're not a, a complete douchebag, then generally most guys tend to get along with each other. Yeah. And these guys are going to be here a while. Reggie, oh, oh, yeah. Reggie just extended yeah. both of them. Back-to-back yeah, right. back days, he gave Seabass four, and then he gave Kondo 
Uh, we, you know, for years when they, when Shane was here, we thought it was the best trio, mm-hmm. in, maybe in pro football history. But just speak to Kondo, uh, first of all, the way he's able to to deep snap. Nobody noticed him here mm-hmm. last year in the season opener against San, yeah, Diego. San Diego. Yeah, he got concussed, mm-hmm. and the Raiders lost a game because he wasn't there. But we all know how good he is. He's he's very simply the best in football. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one of the things you see is that a very good long snapper you never hear about until he's no longer there. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, whoa, what happened? Why is this? not working as well as it used to and and that's why it's it's I've been very fortunate that uh, my, my snapper in Minnesota was very good Colin you know he got he got the ball back to me really mm-hmm. well and everything I've seen from Kondo is he's a very consistent very good long snapper and you know just really looking forward to, to working with him on game day how about camp Dennis Allen's uh, second camp what are you what are just your general impressions of of the camp itself uh, it's a good camp it's a lot a lot of intensity with the guys a lot of a lot of young guys you know trying trying to prove themselves and um, you know there, there's a lot of people that are that are counting us out this year but I've I've been on teams where that's happened and and we you know went and actually won a lot more games than people expected I mean last year is a prime example when I was in Minnesota people thought we'd be lucky to win five games and we end up winning I think what was it nine or ten and you know make it to the playoffs mm-hmm. it, it's it's all about how much do you buy in how much are you willing to sacrifice for the team so that the team can win games Bobby April, I mentioned him earlier. I had a chance to meet him the other day at practice. I've been a fan of his for years. He's been around this league forever. Have you ever crossed paths with Coach April before? And tell me about your new special teams coordinator. Uh, I think I've played him once before when he was in Philadelphia. I want to say I think I think we played the Eagles while I was on the Vikings and uh, didn't didn't really you know get to know him that well because it's it's kind of just that brief like two minute pregame shake hands say hi you know introduce yourself to everyone. But now that I've gotten the chance to work with him, he's he's a very smart special teams coach. He he knows what he's doing obviously he's been doing it for a long time and hopefully the guys can just pick up on that wisdom and and just really buy into the schemes and understand that special teams is an integral part of the game you can you can win and lose games on special teams and and you see that every year so it's it's very important to to understand that you have a good special teams coach and you know listen to what he's saying uh, Chris Cluey joining us at Chris Warcraft. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. It's an eclectic uh, group of words that I'm looking at right now. It's very nice. Half of them, like you said, I can't say on the air, yep. but I wish I could. But, uh, hey, thanks for stopping by, and we're looking forward to uh, seeing you all season. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having thanks, me. Man. Thank you, Chris. You John Condos joining us. We're live at uh, Raiders Camp. New deal for you, huh? Oh, yeah. How'd yeah. this come about? Well, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie just said, hey. We got some extra money here. No. You want some? No, no. Uh, well, I, I mean, you know, going into the season, you know, I, I didn't really know too much. Or coming into camp, I didn't know, you know, what they were thinking or anything. But, you know, the sea bass deal got done, and they came to me right afterwards. And, and just by seeing some of the moves they made in the offseason with Josh Cribbs coming in yeah. and uh, and Coach Bobby April coming in and, and the, you know, the, the resume that he has, you know, uh, throughout the league, throughout his past, you know, it just speaks for itself. But, uh I don't know. They came to me, and I'm, I'm willing. You know, I, I want to be here. Uh, I love playing for the Raiders, uh, representing this organization, and and I uh, want to be out there with Seabass and the rest of my teammates and, and try to get uh, the Oakland back to what we used to be. Yeah. Uh, what, what What is it? Is your as you're watching year two of, of Dennis Allen's camp? What's the difference? Uh, well, well, someone asked me that yesterday, and I, I'll say the same thing. He, he has a year under his belt. He, he he feels a little more comfortable out there, you know. You know, last year's first camp, you know, a lot of, probably a lot of things going on in his head and stuff. But he, he feels a little more comfortable out there. But you know, there's a lot of competition. Yeah, we have some injuries out there, just little small nagging injuries and stuff. But there's a lot of young new talent here, and uh, and and, and that's and, and it's you know, there's a lot of competition out there, 
and uh and and you know with a lot of stuff that happened in the offseason some some releases and mm-hmm. and uh guys that you know didn't get re-signed and stuff like that it's like people are like wow you know this 53-man roster is going to be a big transformation than what it has been you know and i know there's a high turnover last year and then uh so there's there'll probably be a bigger high you know higher turnover this year and uh it'll be definitely a new team this year yeah and there's a major change in, in your world uh, we just met chris cluey and he's a great guy and marquette king may be the most improved player i've seen from last camp to this camp yeah, we'll talk about that but not having shane here is just different i know uh how do you think that impacts seabass because they were you know how tight they were and shane took care of them and he was kind of his security blanket on game day do you think that has any bit of a fall off not not having Shane with him? Yeah, I mean they came in together what 13 years ago, and uh, they're, they're like best friends, you know. But well, I mean he he Seabass needs to be uh, mentally tough right now, uh, and I think he is. And and he's actually came in in the off season program which he's never had before. He's usually golfing and down in Florida, sunny Florida, you know, Jacksonville, doing whatever, and doesn't really usually show up until the mandatory mini camp. And then he comes to training camp, but he actually—he's a father now. Oh yeah, well he's a father now, so he he's spending a lot more time with his kids. But he actually came up, you know, in the off season during OTAs and uh, during the non-mandatory part, and and he got extra work in because he knows, you know, the importance of the kicking game, and he knows, you know, he he's not gonna have his battery ram right there with him, you know. So we've been working hard out there, uh, you know, trying to get the timing down and everything with the, with the new holders, with the you know, with Chris and Marquette. And uh, things are going pretty well, and I think it's it's all a trust thing, you know. With 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 Shane there, he had the he had all the trust in the world with Shane, you know, just because they spent so much time together. But uh, it's just a matter of getting reps and being comfortable. Do with do you do pick up some of that slack for him being kind of his guy? Yeah, been around a little bit yeah. now, more so than with when Shane was here. Yeah, I, I mean we're we I mean we like since I've got here, they Shane and Seabass, they made me so f- comfortable right when I got in here, and, and that helped me out. That helped me transition into the game and, and being able to stay in the game and stuff. But uh, I, I, you know, I try to be there for him mentally and uh, try to, you know, help his confidence out and, and, and let him know, hey, you're going to be all right, you know. You're, you're still the best kicker in the league, you know. You still kicked the ball 60-plus hey. yards, you know. So I forgot how good his season was last year. Oh, he I missed know. three kicks. You know the distance on the kicks? Well, one was 61, mm-hmm. 64, and the other one was 59 or yeah, something? Yeah, Th- yeah. Those are the three that he missed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. So essentially he didn't miss a kick all year, and he was bombing them from way out. Yeah, he, he had an exceptional year last year, and uh, and he, we're just going to try to build off that this year, you know, and, and he, he has the confidence in, in everything, so... John Condos joining us. We're live at uh, Raiders Camp. John Lundgren, Pop here on 95. It was 50, 51. 51, 51 61, and 64. Not bad. So what a slacker. He missed a 50, yeah, 51 yarder. Some of that. <laughs> the rumor is that you have the best Pop impersonation. Is that true? Nah, I don't. I that's what, is, what does he do? That's what I heard. That's, the touchdown that, I, Yeah, I heard, I heard yeah. you had the best one. That was the rumor going around. I just I just was a little more animated, I guess, than the other guys. And See, and, he knows. Once when he hears me bellow touchdown Raiders, he has to go snap. So yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah? Has to, he has to get on the field yeah. for the extra point. That's not true. You don't you don't have the best one. Well, the best I, I don't players. know if it's the best, but you know, I I listen to you guys and I hear that stuff all the time. So, do you want to try it out on me or no? Uh, yeah, I guess I can. Right? <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna back up a little bit. Let's right, hear it. Whenever you're ready. Well, I, I can't do the play by play call, obviously. Yeah. But uh, touchdown Raiders. Whoa. That was outstanding. 
You, you, you awesome. could hang out in the booth with you. He could he could do I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna give you a little chip in your helmet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah we score. Why do you do? Yeah, it's better than me. Just all he has to do is you just gotta have a mic in the helmet. You do it, and then you can just. That's run the, on the winner. Field. There's a. It's funny because really good. Really. We we do like I wish I sounded that good. We do all these like little camera interviews preseason, and you know give us you know we're ready and and big you know they never like come to me. I'm like when you guys gonna come to me so I could I just wanted to say the. That's good. You know, like you know, the, Chris, the, the Chris Berman. The you Chris, know, yeah. the it's a little Chris, so, so a little Al, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. Bill yeah. King, all rolled into one. Yeah. yeah, you got a little gravel in there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for stopping by. The beard's looking good. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it, Thank you, guys. Talking Raider football. It's the great Bill Romanowski. Romo at training camp. What's happening? What's happening? Guys? How does it feel to be walking around here just wearing dress like uh, street clothes and not? Yeah. You know what? It's funny. You walk out here, and it's like there's a there's an intensity and a drug about this game, mm-hmm. and it's like all of a sudden my chest starts beating a little bit, my my adrenaline gets going, sure. and I'm like, you know, seeing guys missing a play, and I like I want to scream at them and and run out on the field, say, get your butt going. You, well, you, you should. You so you, why hold back? Ron? Why don't you? Why, you know what? You love the game so much. I know you're getting the media career, and of course, Nutrition Fifty Three is killing it right now. Uh, have you ever thought about coaching? You know what? I've thought about it. Of course. You know, I have these fantasies. I, you know, think, okay, should I get back in? And then I'm like, you know what? I love my nutrition company, my gig. I get to do some stuff on the weekends around the game. I'm still involved. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I go back and forth. Yeah, why but- go back to work? Exactly. <laughs> or, or, or it's his wife, Julie, going, no, 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 you're not doing that. No, we're not having 15 to 18-hour days, seven days a week. I don't think so. So, so we're uh, the question that we pose to uh, our listeners, would, would a Raiders, 2013 Raiders playoff run, be more shocking than what the A's did last year? Or the the 49ers did in 2011, or the Giants did in 2010, or the Warriors did this past season. Absolutely, it'd be earth-shocking madness right. around you know this team. And uh, you know, to me, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Always starts with the quarterback, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I want to show up and watch. Matt Flynn just leading this team and stuff like that. And he looks like a guy who's out there. He executes. But does he take that field like, I own this field. And guys, guess what, guys? You get on my back and nobody's going to stop us. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that yet. Mm-hmm. I want to feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see what we saw in that one Green Bay game. Yeah. That was kind of earth shattering. But, uh, hey, that's why you play the game. Well, can a guy can a guy do that or have that presence from day one? Or is that something that you develop with this group as you get to know them and as you evolve collectively? Or And uh, so I, I mean, can you have it from the beginning? or and, and do you have to have it from the beginning? Or is that something that can evolve? You know what? I think it can evolve. We, we've seen the Kurt Warner type stories mm-hmm. that have popped up in this league. They're few and far between, so it can't happen. But to me, you know, most of those guys, 
just have that it. Right. And that it factor from, you know, the time, you know, when I showed up in Denver and I would watch John Elway, but when he walked down the hall, that was it. Hmm. It was like, he's a mother, you know what? Uh, you know, same thing when I walked in the 49ers. and As a from, rookie. As a rookie from <laughs> Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott. I, I mean, one guy after another, they had that. There was just a presence about them. Hey, the Raiders are, you know, a little bit of a, you know, they're growing. They're maturing. And you look at their roster, I was looking at it, and I'm like, four guys in the over 10 years? You know, experience is a really young football mm-hmm. team. So hopefully some of those guys, you know, step up and you get some of those um, Terrell Davis types that come in late rounds and all of a sudden shock the league. Bill Romanowski, four-time Super Bowl champion, went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders, joins us here at Buker and Townie, 95.7 the game. Romo, we're looking at possibly nine new starters out of 11. How do you get that kind of unit that's all so new ready and close to firing on all cylinders week one in Indianapolis? Well, for me, let me just speak defensively. Make it simple. Stupid simple. Okay? Let your athletes go out there and execute. Let them be football players. Don't you dare let them walk out on a field and have to think. So I think that's one thing. And then I think offensively, you've got to run the football. You got to ride your white horse, and your white horse is Darren McFadden. Okay, pound him, pound him early. Be in those third and three, third and two situations, and win games by a field goal, by a point early, and start to get a little momentum. Start to feel good about yourself, and then open it up from there. So how much should we read into the fact that when we talk to these guys, they feel a different level of competition, a different intensity out here this year compared to last year? I mean, everybody says the happy, happy joy, joy things at this time oh, yeah. of year, right? How much credence should we give that, that we're going to see a different Raiders team this year? Well, I think it's good at least they're saying those kind of things. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> Here's how I look at it. Everybody right now, is a Super Bowl contender, okay? We get through the preseason, you start getting beat up a little bit, you know, you lose some games, you start questioning yourself, then all of a sudden you get in the regular season and some guys start getting hurt, everybody's sore, everybody's tired, but the teams that have that resolve, that can fight back game in and game out, practice in and practice out, those are those teams that start to rise. Like we say, the cream always rises to the top. Guess what? The team that wants to be in the Super Bowl, they rise to the top little by little, week by week, game by game, practice by practice. The great (laughs) Bill Romanowski will be talking to him throughout the football season as he's a part of the 95.7 The Game family. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Well, on Friday, the Raiders get a great visit from Jerry Jones and, of course, his famous quote. What does he say, Randy? I want me some glory hope. I want me a little bit of glory hole. (laughs) The glory hole boys are coming to Oakland 
and we're going to talk about it. Cowboys. I gotta thank Jerry Jones for giving us that soundbite. I just love it. <laughs> it's priceless, and it's a gift that keeps on giving. I want me some glory hope. Well, the Raiders' first preseason game Friday against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, there's not a lot of expectations. We just want to see, as the Raider Nation, our team together. You know, it's going to change from game to game. It's going to be solidified and hammered into place. Players are going to find their slot and their dreams come true or dash on the rocks in the next four games. There's a lot of people getting to, trying to get a job on this team, so it's really important we keep a close eye on each play. Because these coaches have to make some tough decisions coming up pretty soon. Now against Dallas, the Dolphins were they were terrible. They were horrible. Supposed to be an improved team. Their defense was adequate, but their offense was faulty. I looked at their offense and I thought to myself, well, this could be our team. It could be the Raiders. And I'm hoping not. Because we play against a four-man front. Because we do have veterans that have come back from last year that are better, bigger, and stronger than last season. The number one reason I think we'll look much better than the Dolphins is that these guys have heard from the beginning of camp how they suck. They've heard every doggone media outlet say how the Raiders are dead last in every fucking category there is. Pardon my French. This has not gone unnoticed in camp. These guys know what people are saying, and yeah, it's nice to say whatever. I'm not going to listen to it, but these guys should be listening to it, and I really think they are. I think they're sick and tired of hearing it. I think the coach is sick and tired of hearing it, and even though it's preseason, I don't care if you're fourth on the chart. You're going to play your ass off because you don't want to hear that crap about the team you represent. I'm saying the Raiders will look much better than the Dolphins. And as a matter of fact, I think this team's going to give Dallas a run for their money, especially in the passing game. I think we're going to be way more improved. And, you know, I'm not saying a win is some great thing or a loss is some not-so-great thing. What I'm saying is this is where we get an opportunity to see our players rise to the occasion and shove those rumors and innuendos right up the ass of the mainstream media. I hope it starts right here. I hope we don't wait till later on the season or some unopportune time to, to rise up for one game. I hope it starts now and keeps going for every game throughout the season that when you play the Oakland Raiders, you're going to leave with some bruises and you're going to know that you played some football, partner. We should keep a close eye on Darren McFadden, even though he might not play one snap. Maybe none. 
Keep an eye on every player that takes a snap on these games. It's really important. David Oshbury. There's a lot of fighting going on. You know, Streeter. There's a lot of places that people want a job. Tight end. You got David Ashbury. Who's next? Who's going to rise to the to the occasion? Because I'll tell you right now, whoever does is going to be playing football for this for this team for the next 16 games. So keep a close eye. Let's hope we see some greatness from the Raiders. I think we will. I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. I hope that we see some hope by the end of Friday night. I don't care. I'm going to be there. And I, all we can do is go up from here anyway. So go Raiders. Let's beat those Cowboys. And let's give them a little bit of that, that glory hole. <laughs> Way to go, Jerry. I want me some glory hole. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. All right, Raider Nation, it's time for the bone line, 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181. It is time. It is time to rise up and pick up your damn phone and call the bone. You know what I mean? I ain't messing. I'm telling you. Football season is here. If you want to get your comments on, get them on. Make them short. You know it's going to be ringing off the hook. When we start winning some football games, folks. So get on the line. You know what I mean? Don't forget to visit us at www.radionationpodcast.com. Randy does an excellent job with the site, man. Check it out. All the news you possibly could use is right there, man. Do it. All right. Who's first on the bone line? Our first caller, not only a great fan, but a great friend, my brother. The Bandito. Juan Jorge, what's up? What's up, Raider Gray? This is Juan Jorge, a.k.a. Bandito, calling in. And I just wanted to talk about uh, my training camp experience. Um, I went uh, two days, Saturday and Sunday, on the 27th and 28th of uh, July. And I just wanted to talk about a little bit about what I saw um, and, and what I think about what our writers are going to be this coming up year. Um, first of all, I want to say it, it, it's it's really, really tough to evaluate your team, at least from a fan standpoint, when it's your team going against your own team. Um, you know, it, it's tough because, for example, let's say Pryor throws a 40-yard bomb to Jacoby Ford over Mike Jenkins. Well, does that mean our receivers and our quarterbacks are that good? Or does that mean our defense is that bad? Was it good coverage? Was it a good catch, bad coverage? I mean, there's a lot of things to, to look at here. So it, it, it's kind of tough. So you got to take every good play, which is a bad play for for somebody that happens to be on your own team. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. One of the things that I saw is Matt Flynn is as advertised as far as I can see. He's going to be a solid quarterback. He's going to be a dink and dunk kind of guy, middle range kind of guy throwing the ball, um, intermediate routes. He's not going to throw the ball deep a lot, at least what I can, at least from what I can see at camp. Um, he's going to protect the ball. He's not going to throw very many interceptions, but then again, he's not going to beat you deep. Um, I think he can, you know, throw, uh, you know, some 30 yard passes, 40 yard passes. 
Um, but he's not gonna he's not gonna throw it very very deep. If our running game gets going, I think he can you know work out of the play action. Um, and and his mobility blends uh, is very very underrated. He can move around in the pocket. He has quick little feet. Um, he's not fast. He's not he's not fast like Pryor is, but uh, he can move around the pocket, and and that uh, is, is huge uh, in the mobility department, especially uh, with the offensive line being suspect um, and going from a zone blocking scheme to a power blocking scheme. Um, Pryor, he still looks well like a work in progress. Um, you know, he he has he'll, he'll amaze you with some throws here and there, and then he'll throw some balls that are flat. So I think preseason is going to tell us a lot about these two guys. Um, I think Wilson is for sure going to be number three. Um, I think Flynn will be our starter with prior having some packages for him. Um, and you know, I think our offensive line will be fine. Um, I, I think that our personnel is set up for a power scheme. Um, we all know who our offensive coordinator was last year, and well, that didn't work out. So just the scheme in itself is going to be an addition by subtraction. So I think we'll be fine there. Um, our defense, other than the main, main biggest concern, which is the defensive line, um, I think that they're going to surprise some people. I, I think our defense will be solid. I don't think they're going to be the best in the league, but I think they'll be solid. I think they'll be in the middle of the pack, and I think that uh, you know teams won't be able to move the ball at will against us like they did last year. I, I actually like our chances on defense. Um, again, the defensive line has me worried a little bit, but I think that we have the linebackers in the secondary to make up for it. Um, you know, obviously adding Woodson and and who I'm really really excited about in the middle is Nick Roach. I think that guy is going to be a stud. I I just have that gut feeling. He comes from Chicago. He comes from that nitty gritty defense in Chicago where where they just want to beat people up. And I think he just has that tenacity to be a Raider. And um, I'm I'm really really excited to see number 53 Nick Roach. Um, you know, overall, I I I think this team can be solid. I I think this team will surprise some people. Obviously, I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as four and 12. I don't want to put a number on how many games we can win because I think this team, um, like like I've been saying, this team can go six and ten, or this team can go, who knows? This team can surprise. Uh, a lot of people, I, I really, really, truly believe that um, we're going to need every aspect of our game to win football games, though. That means we're going to have to be spot on on offense, take care of the football. Uh, we're going to have to create some turnovers on defense, and we're going to have to be really, really stout on special teams. It means punt returns, kick returns, uh, punts, the field position game, and Jenna Kowski, as always, which is why he got paid, is going to have to come through for us on a lot of occasions. Um, but I am excited about the direction of the team. I, I, I really, really am. It's a fresh new start. It's different. We're not used to this. Uh, this is the second year. Uh, well, it's the second year of this new era with McKenzie and Dennis Allen, but it really is the first year because last year, um, as you can see, a lot of the players last year, they got rid of them. So for the most part, this is the first year, and, and, and they're really implementing what they want to do so it'll be interesting, um, you know, uh, with, with Greg Olson calling the, the offense plays, it, it will definitely be interesting. But I think this team can be and will be solid, um, and I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I know you're excited, Greg, which, you know, I thought you were a little sick because uh, your optimism, I, I, I was just shocked by it. <laughs> but 
Um, anyways, I was just calling in to, to you know, give you some uh, some thoughts on, on what I saw f- from camp. Um, that was just a, a, a tad bit of what I saw. There, there's there's more, but I don't want to take up any more of you guys' time. Um, well, this is Juan Jorge, a.k.a. Bandito, and I'm out. That was the Bandito. Great take, Juan. Great take, man. Yeah, I'm excited about this year. I, and you know I'm not that way. You all, you guys know that have listened to this show that I don't pull any punches, man. If I think it stinks, you're going to know about it, whether it's right or wrong. It's my opinion. You know, thanks to the call, brother. Great call. Our next caller is the man from Houston. That's right. Houston Raiders, Steve, season ticket holder. Can you believe it? Hey, Raider Nation, this is Houston Raider Steve. I tell you what, I got together with Sidewinder Raider and Gary, Netherton, and we're getting a whole bunch of uh, people together here in Houston to go watch the games and go to the Texans game. Uh, Randy's going to be here. His lovely wife, Lisa. Appreciate Raider. All the clubs are coming in. People from all over. Oh, by the way, all these bandwagon jumpers here in Houston jumping on the bandwagon. Past couple years, they're in a lousy division. Jacksonville, you know what we I call them, but I can't say it. This is a family radio show. And also uh, Indianapolis. Peyton leaves. It's no longer Peyton's place. They suck. One of the worst teams. And oh, by the way, we got uh, Tennessee. Well, we haven't competed in a couple years. We got that idiot Bud Adams who left Houston. Don't let the door hit you on your kitchen as you go out, Bud. You know, anyway, they're picking them to go to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl bound, Super Bowl or bust. Well, I'll tell you what, last time I checked, Texas played up there against New England Patriots. They never had a lead in that game. Or maybe they did, but, you know, it was so minuscule that, you know, I, I even forgot. But you know what? Texans, you go out and win on the road at New England, you win at Baltimore, you win at Pittsburgh, you win in Denver, then you can talk about going to the Super Bowl. You can't win on the road against a quality team that's just as good, maybe even better than you are. Oh, New England took a few steps back uh, this year with Hernandez getting hurt, and then uh, Von Miller and the center for the uh, Costins or Costins, whatever his name is, for the Broncos. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, wall-to-wall coverage of Broncos training camp makes me sick. they got to be up there kissing Tom Jackson's keister, badass. Yeah. Like, we all love to see Peyton. Yeah, we all love to see him knocked out his ass with his jersey dirty. Yeah, I just keep picking all these teams. Go out and pick Peyton Manning, you know. Thinks he's Mr. Pretty Boy. Give me a break. Matt Schaub can't stay healthy for the Texans. This is a joke. ESPN's on the hype machine already. Of course, here in Houston, the past couple of years, it's been such a pathetic division, AFC South. Oh, man, it's, it's almost as bad as the AFC East, New England. Of course, they're the cream of the crop over there. But, you know, you got six wins, Patriots. You beat the Dolphins twice. You beat the pathetic Jets twice. You beat the pathetic Bills twice. Three pathetic teams. New England's got to have at least six wins right off the bat, right there. Then all they have to do is win eight out of the last 14. You got a pretty decent team like them, a pretty good team. No problem. Win the division. It's almost automatic. And then we got to hear all your shit from Dworsky and all those other ass kissers up there. Anyway, I know we're picked 32nd. We're not expected to do that much. But, you know, we'll probably win some games we probably, you know, shouldn't have won. 
probably lose some games we, we should win, but we, we didn't win because that's just what happens. You win some, lose some. But we'll be back. Just have them, you know, keep talking about Denver and creamsicle jerseys, ugliest jerseys in the NFL, the old Denver Chocos, Broncos, as Greg finally puts it, gets laughed out of me. My brothers and sisters, man, Raider Nation, it's us against the world. All these other people say we're nation this, nation that. Bullshit. Give me a break, Charger Nation, Bronco Nation. Give me a break. Like we were saying at our meeting, how many uh, how many New England Patriots fans you see up in Alaska? You know? Anyway, go Raiders! Well, you know there's some passion for the Raider Nation there in Houston, man. Houston Raiders, Steve... Rocking the house. I can see you, man. I can see you at your bar just sticking it out loud and proud. Good for you, Steve. Good for you, man. And season ticket holder, hey, I don't even need to say any more than that. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, one of my very favorite callers, man. This is Passion in the North, the Great White North, my good brother. Raider Grant, what's happening, Grant? Usabi, Raider Nation. This is Raider Grant up here in the 503. Just wanted to call in and you know tell Raider Randy, Raider Greg, anybody else affiliated with this podcast, thank you. I really appreciate it. I called in uh, on my last call, made a comment about Terrell Pryor because of some stuff that I read. And, you know, Raider, Raider Greg set me straight really quick. God damn it. That's why I love this show. Because you get no media fluff in here. You know, Raider Podcast is, you know, all about Raider Nation. And Raider Greg, I appreciate the fact that you guys are out there at training camp now. You're seeing it. You know, you're not a media fluffer. You're a fan. A dedicated, loyal, diehard Raider Nation family member. And when I hear you tell me exactly what's going on, I know that's the truth because it's coming from a fan. And that's why I appreciate and I love listening to the show, not just for the diversity of the calls, everyone's opinions, but you know what? We're getting it straight from the, from the horse's mouth. And back in the day, you know, that, that shit didn't happen. So on that note, I just want to say thanks. Enjoy the podcast. And I'm going to go ahead and get into Terrell Pryor just a little bit. A lot of people forget he's two months different in age than this new Tyler Wilson. So when we first acquired Terrell Pryor, I didn't like him. I didn't want him. I was like, oh, the next guy that can run. You know, I was totally devastated that we wasted our picks to get that guy. Anywho, uh, after seeing him get picked up, he got humbled. He got humbled really fast. He was big man on campus. And then he came to the NFL, and guess what? You ain't shit. And you sit there, and you learn, and you have to get better. And you know what? He's got more experience in the NFL than, oh, let me say, this Wilson guy. And I'm not, I'm not uh, really for Wilson, for, for Flynn, for Pryor. You know, at the end of the day, I give a fuck of job of the Huts or quarterback. As long as the W's are being put up on the board. But a guy like Terrell Pryor, he comes in, he gets humbled, he goes out, he works. He doesn't sit back and gin and juice, you know. He's out there hiring some of the best coaches that coach on the offseason, some of the best quarterbacks. You know, a guy like that 
has a determination and a chip on his shoulder who has been humbled has something to come back and prove. And I ain't saying trail fires are savior of Raider Nation. I'm just saying that I think for the dedication and time he's put in, the Raiders might as well hold him on to that five-year contract and see if uh, he comes around and the whole Terrell Pryor project comes to fruition. You know, other than that, if uh, this Wilson kid is uh, the man, I say get him in there. But, you know, Ryan Leaf looked good in practice, and look what happened to him. You know, one of the guys I played baseball with, uh, one of the best baseball players in all of Oregon, and guess what? He crumbled under pressure. Great in practice. You know, looked great in practice. Always had the best bat. But you get him a uh, ninth inning, two outs, get him up to the plate, and guess what? Tears welled up in his eyes, and he sucked a donk. So I'd say not give up on Trail Pryor yet, and don't be so fast to everyone to jump on this Wilson character because we haven't seen him in game time. I mean, forget preseason in an actual game. Pryor stepped up. He showed some... Some in a game that didn't matter. He showed he showed what it took. He made a mistake, then he went down. And Barr came in and scored a, scored a point after he did that. I believe with this guy, given the time, uh, he's going to be a good quarterback eventually for somebody. And I I hope it's the Raiders, even if even if it is a number two for a while. But don't give up on Terrell Pryor. Like I said, I didn't want him on our team, but now that we got him, we got to look at you know the glass half full instead of half empty. And I say that one day he can turn it around. A guy, a guy that gets humbled like that, he's hungry. He wants to come back and prove something. He wants to get back to being big man on campus. So, anyways, Raider Nation, uh, much love, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Podcast. Thank you for the show. I can't wait. I can't wait for the next podcast. It's just, it keeps me in tune and in touch. And once again, I appreciate the straightness you give and the legit. The, the legit uh, journalism that you bring to the Raider Nation. Thank you. Peace out. Much love. Well, thank you, my brother. Thank you for the props, man. It's cool to hear. I mean, it's, it's like a big responsibility now. Oh, man. <laughs> we do our best to say what we see. I just tell you what I see out there. Now, let me say this about Pryor. Now, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I haven't been a fan of his because he hasn't been able to get there. And it's been a long time, but I have to tell you this. He's not been real consistent, but he's better. He's been throwing some crazy passes, and he's throwing some garbage. He's, he's run early when he hasn't done a complete check down, but that doesn't take away, and you say it very well, from when you put his ass in a game, this guy's a gamer. That touchdown he made last year in San Diego, he threw across his body and Moore caught it in the end zone. Nobody expected that ball to go that far and that well. So, yeah, I think that he has a lot of potential. Um, If he goes number two, that won't hurt my feelings. As a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to seeing him here in this preseason. I would love to see him take the number one job. If he could get us to the game... And get us to the W's, I'm telling you, I feel the same way. So we'll see how it pans out. You're right, man. It's all going to come down through these preseason games for this team at this time uh, of the rebuilding phase, the Oakland Raiders, for sure. Brother, I love your calls. Keep doing it, man, because they're full of passion. And uh, you got some great takes. We need to hear it all. Well, Raider Nation, this is it for this show. I know it's short and sweet, 
Uh, probably not by the time we're done. <laughs> but anyhow, let's go, man. It's coming up this Friday. I will be in the house. I'm pumped. I'm excited. I wish all of you could be in the house. So get as close as you can. 95.7 The Game on the Internet. They're doing the game. Get on it. Check it out. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Ludacris. Uh, disturbing the